Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Lawrence Holmes, a.k.a. Loho. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. I'm kind of excited to talk with my next guest because anytime that there's something that's going on in boxing or MMA, he's one of the people that I reach out to. And, and there was something going on in both boxing and MMA this past weekend, so I wanted to get Steve Muehlhausen's thoughts on this. He covers both boxing and MMA for Sporting News and DAZN, and he joins me now. Okay, so I got I got all sorts of questions. I, where where do you want to start, with, with the boxing or with the MMA? We could start with both and say kind of intertwined together. Okay, well, I want to know, first of all, was the stoppage too fast with Masvidal and Diaz? 100%. And I got killed for this. And, you know, I'm sitting there, Lawrence, I don't know how you watched Saturday night, but I was the guy that had the big screen to the left, and I had the medium, I had the 38, 36-inch to the right. I got the UFC to the right, boxing to the left. I saw that stoppage, and I'm like, if this is for the baddest mf championship, whatever you want to call it, and you stop it for a doctor's cut, it brings it down a little bit, and, the, and you can see how it deflated Masvidal. It deflated Diaz. And deflated Dana White when you watch Dana White talk afterwards. I've seen worse cuts. You've seen worse cuts. The listeners have seen worse cuts. We saw one on Canelo and Kovalev where Sinisa uh, Estrada and Marlon Esparza fight. Our sponsor had a hole, Lawrence, a hole at the top of her forehead. Gushing blood. That went on for another four and a half rounds. The fight only got stopped when she told the doctor she couldn't see anymore. We could honestly say that even Diaz has probably had worse cuts in fights and the, the matches haven't been stopped. Absolutely. You know, it's just, I get in this day of age, you want to err on the side of caution, especially with the dust that we've had in boxing and the significant injuries that you do see in, from time to time in mixed martial arts. But the doctor has to know what's on the line here. You know, if, if a, bro, a bone isn't broken... Or, he, or he's got a, about a four or five-inch deep gash in his head or anywhere else in his body, they don't stop the fight. They, the coat was bad, yeah. But was it bad enough to stop the fight? Absolutely not. I thought that, took, that deflated it a little bit for me, and then it did the same for a lot of people. That being said, should we see this fight again? Because what I saw was Masvidal dominate Nate Diaz. Immediately, Lawrence, no. You know, should I should the fight happen again down the line? Absolutely, because like you said, Masvidal dominated the fight. They hit a couple moments, but if you look at it as the fight as a whole for 15 minutes, Jorge Masvidal dominated the fight. He is the better fighter. Down the line, absolutely, they will fight again. But Masvidal's got a couple different things now that what the UFC could do for him, whether it's Conor McGregor, the winner of the welterweight title fight at UFC 245 between. Kamara Usman and Colby Covington, which I think is going to be the route the UFC goes. I'd love to see Masvidal and McGregor. Just as a fight fan, because I know what I'm getting. I think that would be epic. The trash talk would be great. And you know what the, both guys are going to do in the octagon. If I'm the UFC, I'd want to do that. Masvidal wants it. McGregor wants it. When two guys want it, put them in there. Plain and simple. It's a big money fight. Let's see it. Give the fans what they want. Is there is Everyone's there going to make money? 
Is there a chance here, though, that if you do put Masvidal against McGregor, that the legend of McGregor just flat out dies if he gets his ass kicked by Masvidal? Because we we haven't seen great Conor in the octagon in a long time. And you're correct, and we haven't. And my whole thing on that has always been if he's focused just on fighting and he's not worried about – he's not – worry about all the extracurricular noise in the back and the whiskey and all that. You can't figure out if you're becoming successful outside of fighting. That's the whole part of this. Yeah, you're a fighter first. But if you become big enough like he has to, to venture off and do other things, I can never figure out anybody. Look at The Rock. You know, you look at guys like that. Look at like a Randy Couture. He's going on to be a successful actor and doing different action movies. John Cena and pro wrestling. You can't ever begrudge people for doing that. But it, from what I'm told right now, he's 110% focused on fighting. He's training early. He's staying late. A focused Conor McGregor is a dangerous Conor McGregor. Hopefully, he stays that way because we've all seen the reports. We don't have to talk about it here. So hopefully, those are fault for his sake. If they're not, then he's in a whole bunch of trouble, and that could be a totally different conversation for a different podcast. So let, a focus Connor is a dangerous Connor, But the aura would be gone if Montegall knocked it off. Absolutely. How did they get The Rock to get involved in this? Because I, I got to tell you, that was something that was surprising to me. And that's what made it even a little bit bigger, too, if you think about it. You think about it, here's a guy, the highest-grossing actor in the world. In my mind, the biggest mainstream attraction in the history of pro wrestling. I think we no one can no one can deny that. Masvidal reached out to him. It was just a simple tweet. He's like, hey, I would love to get The Rock to come and do this. You know, that would be, you know, representing the 305 out in Miami. Rock responded, said he was in, talked to the UFC. His schedule worked out. Bing, bang, boom. Here we go. It was pretty cool. I it was a cool moment. I thought him coming out with his own music, the fans going crazy, then him putting the bell around Masvidal. Pretty cool moment there for The Rock and a pretty cool moment if you're a fight fan. All right, so let's go over to boxing because it's connected to what, what happened. What went into the decision-making of we're going to delay the, the Kovalev-Canelo fight and we're going to show what's going on in the UFC inside the house here for everyone. I, I, was, I was literally, like, when I heard that, I was shocked. I couldn't believe that, that boxing capitulated because they've usually been pushing back against MMA. I, I thought it was a cool thing for people who are fight fans to be like, you know what, if you're sitting there in the arena, now you don't have to choose. You can watch both of these main events and, and not have to worry about it. You know, full disclosure, I want to do everyone, the listeners, if the listeners are listening, they skipped forward a little bit to the beginning of the podcast. Sportingnews.com is part of the zone. How that all worked is Sporting News is owned by, it was a group called Perform Media, based out, and their main office location is based out of London. They came up with the... They came up with it. The owner of everything came up with the idea of creating a streaming service, which is which he wanted to name the zone. So then that all manifested into being it was no longer Perform Media Group and became the Zone Media Group, which is 
which runs Sporting News. So just so everyone, so everyone does know that now we're doing like a the zone news site too as well along with Sporting News. We were told Friday morning the decision was going to be made to delay the main event, let Diaz and let Diaz and Michael all conclude. Once the fight ends and they're getting ready, they're doing the interviews, then everything would start for the main event. But I'll let you in a little, let you guys in behind the curtain just just a little bit. We were worried. There was a concern as you look at the co-main event was Ryan Garcia, Romero, Duno. We there was the possibility of a long gap between co-main and main event. And look at what happened. Ryan Garcia looked amazing. Knocked out Duno in 98 seconds. So we ended up with, there was a 98-minute delay. Wow. Not good. Not good at all. And and then we saw what happened, and then we saw all the national anthems. You could see times if you're, when you're watching Canelo Kovalev, they're just chilling out, they're relaxing. There was a point, Kovalev was about to fall asleep. Yeah, they were both gloved up, which I thought it was, yeah. I, I was wondering if they were going to come out of their gloves and then retape and re-glove. Yeah, that, I know. I was thinking the same thing. It was really weird in that aspect, but I agreed with the move, and not because someone signs my paychecks and whatever. And we've all expressed our frustration of what happened because you don't want something like that. But at the end of the day, I, it is a great move because, like you said, Lawrence. All too often in MMA and too often in boxing, there's too many fight cards on the same night, and no one is giving the other the room to breathe to maximize your amount of viewership. The zone made the smart play of like, you know what? Let's go this route. Let's see what happens. Let's try to maximize. Let's get more subscriptions because MMA fans, not all of them, but there's a there's there's a good chunk out there. MMA fans are boxing fans and vice versa. And then that's going to happen. If you're a combat sports fan, you're more than likely to like both. And that's, that was a big fight in the UFC. It was a fantastic fight. Biggest fight of the year for the UFC in terms of U of pay-per-view subscriptions for ESPN plus huge night for ESPN, huge night for DAZN. You don't want to make people choose. And that's not fair to do that in this day of age. So the main event ended, and off we went to Canelo and Kovalev. And what we got was a fantastic fight. Subscriptions went booming for DAZN. A lot of new over... I haven't given a full figure, but it was in the six figures. Wow. Of new subscriptions right after the right after UFC, the UFC ended. So a good night for all parties involved. A good night for combat sports. I know you've seen stuff out there. I've read some stuff out there. It hasn't been kind to the zone, and I get it. I mean, we all get it. It's we've all had internal conversations about it, and it's understandable. We things could have been done differently, sure, but people have to remember too. The zone's only been around since like September, late September of 2018, with Anthony Joshua and Alexander Pavetkin. It isn't like it's ESPN. It's been established for how long? You know, ESPN as a whole, you know, they went from the cable giant to now also adding streaming service, and it was pretty much seamless for them. The zone started from the ground up, and in over 13 months, it's become a giant success. 
So there's every, there's always bumps in the road. It happens. It was a successful night for DAZN, for Canelo Alvarez, and a successful night for the UFC and ESPN. At the end of the day, Lawrence, everybody won. Yeah, everyone got rich except for you. I know that. I know that they. The oh, UC- Lawrence, I got. I'm on it. The zone money, baby. <laughs> if people, if people like to tell me, and I'm like, the check isn't as big as you think, my friend, but it's still. Pays my bills and helps me support my family, and that's all that matters. That that is all that matters. So so, what did you th- what what conversations do we need to be having about Canelo Alvarez after that fight? Because that was a fight where he had to grind to, to, to get to the point of knocking out Kovalev. That he's pound for pound the best fighter in the world today. There's no, there is no doubt about that. He's already the biggest combat sports star. There's there's no doubt about that. He moves. The, he's a needle mover. He's he's bigger than Conor. At this stage, he's bigger than Conor McGregor. He's bigger than anything the UFC can have, or bigger than anything boxing has. Fight in, fight out. He's facing the top guys. He's taking on chan- the biggest challenge possible. Is he gonna get a fight here and there, like a Rocky Fielding last December? Sure. Everyone has a can here or there. Everyone he has a tune-up. But more often than not. When you when Canelo Alvarez steps into the ring, he's facing top the top of the line competition, and that's what you want from fighters. The best facing the best, being doubted. Oh, you can't beat this guy. You're moving up two weight classes. You're moving up fifteen pounds of weight. He still knocked the guy out. Regardless if you want to say Kovalev is over the hill, he's near the end of his prime. Sergey Kovalev, he just knocked out a guy with a jab in his last fight before this one. So he still got a ton of power. And Kovalev was winning the fight. Yep. On my card, it was even. I know some media people had Kovalev up two rounds. Some people had it a draw. Some people had Canelo up. It was either 6-4 Canelo, 6-4 Kovalev, or a draw. It was nothing more weird than that. I had it a draw going into the stoppage. Well, what do you think is next for for Canelo? And did you like him at that weight? I'll start with the latter question first. And I've been torn on this one. I've been thinking a lot about it. As I wrote a piece that should be up, I wrote it last night. It should be up anytime now on thezone.com. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to him staying up there. Need to get maybe needs to get acclimated more. One seventy five has got got some killers. Arthur Verdurbiev, the unified the W, the IBF and the WBC light heavyweight champion is a monster. He he's good and he's pretty good technically, but he's a, he's a wrecking ball machine. He can hit like a wrecking ball. He's a great fighter. That's the guy who's at the top of the heap at light heavyweight. If Canelo's about history, taking more of those keeps living up. To the, taking on the biggest fights, I wouldn't mind seeing Arthur Perturbiev. I wouldn't mind him staying there. If he does it, I wouldn't blame him either because he could tell the reach trying to get on the inside frustrated him at times. It took him a longer than he anticipated to get in there. Yeah, he knocked him out, but he saw he knew he had to take a little bit of a risk because he knew the fight was close. So I wouldn't be opposed to him going back down to like the. Middleweight or super middleweight. Okay. And in terms of 
What was the first question? What's next for him? This is the part I wrote about. I talked about either I broke down a guy from each the three weight classes he holds belts in. Light heavyweight, I said Archer Berturbiev. Uh, if he goes back down to 168, where he's the WBA regular super middleweight champion, I said Callum Smith, who's the best fighter in that weight class. He's the WBA super welterweight champion, and the guy people feel is the best guy at that weight class. Or the fight we all want to see, the fight that should happen, and I think will happen, is the trilogy fight with Gennady Golovkin. That can either happen, and this is where Canelo holds all the cards, and Golovkin kind of has to curtail to it in a way. That's why it can happen at 68. He can say, hey, you know what? You want to fight that bad? Come meet me here, which Golovkin's been reluctant to do in the past. Or it could take place at 160. But if the next fight has to be, in my mind, I would, it has to be the trilogy. So we all can stop talking about it. Both guys can stop thinking about it. And, we can, and they can move on. Steve, I... Because it's the biggest fight out there. I appreciate you jumping on and, uh, and, and all of the perspective. Just before I let you go, you brought it up earlier. How, how do people in the boxing community feel about the deaths that we've seen and, and seemingly arise in, in the deaths that we've seen in the ring? You know, this has been it's a rough one, you know, just because I was, I was like 25, 30 feet away, Lauren, when that happened. Maybe it was, you, you didn't know when it happened because you look at the shot, okay, it's it's a hard left hook. It's a right hand left hook. Okay, we I've seen plenty of guys get knocked out by it. But the part that was really scary was, the thud of his head bouncing off the mat. You hear that loud thud. And you're like, you've seen him come, like seize right away. And it was like, oh, you just kind of shake your head and you like you do, a, you do a prayer in your mind and you hope everything's going to be okay. And then you, we, we were getting info on what happened. And then the unfortunate that happened was Patrick Day. What do you do? It's been a big talk in the community. And it's hard to decipher what you do. Would you go to 10-minute rounds? Do you go to bigger gloves? No, that's a really... You can't go back to headgear. That's only in, it's in the amateur ranks. You could do that. If you, I don't know how fans would be receptive to that. I don't know what the reaction would be. But safety does have to come first. There has to be something figured out. I wouldn't be opposed to shorter... Shorter. I wouldn't be opposed to ten rounds. You know, just that would help. I think a little bit towards safety. If you want to go bigger gloves, so the thud isn't as bad. Maybe that's a route you go to. I don't think there's anything bad you can do. Anything you try to do to be more safe, I'm down for. Steve, thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate it. Uh, enjoy your day off with all your money from DAZN. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're on the CB. You're on the intercom money, my friend. Yeah, I mean, we're all we're all here trying to, to, to make it happen. But I, I do appreciate you uh, picking up the phone and breaking stuff down because I think it was a, a really cool weekend in, in fight sports, and I'm glad that we got the chance to talk about it. 
you know, right before, and, and I want to thank you for thank you for asking me to come on. It's always an honor to talk to you, Lawrence. And I put this on Facebook, and I was talking to my wife about it over like on Friday, and I'm like, and I put it on social media, which I don't do often, is sharing feelings. Even I, I've been doing this. God, it's been over nine years now. Weekends like this, like that, are the reasons I love this job. Because you, you're getting the best of both worlds. It's a big fight. You get the goosebumps. You get excited. You got the buddies who don't watch every weekend texting, "Hey, what are you doing for the big fights?" Da 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 da. That's what makes it cool. That's what makes this. That makes this job really cool. So I just wanted to share that. It was a great weekend for combat sports in general, regardless of what people thought would happen in boxing. It was a great night overall, and hopefully we get more nights like that. Right on, my man. Well, be well, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, Lauren. Talk to you later, buddy. That's Steve Muehlhausen. I, I love talking with him. He's a, a fun, funny guy, and he really does love combat sports. So I hope you got something out of that conversation. Thank you so much for, for listening to the podcast today, and I promise we'll have more cool stuff as the week goes on. Peace.